Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to episode 15 of Paper Tuesdays with Michael Dwyer and Mark Halpin. I am Mark Halpin. And I am Michael Dwyer. Yes, you click play on this feast of entertainment and yes, Connor Moore is here with us. Connor, it's such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you Woo! very much guys. Thank we you. searched far and wide to try and find a fan of the show and we found him. <laughs> and he's a talented drummer as well and he's from Gory as well. It's, it's such a real pleasure to have you. We are going to have a roller coaster of a podcast, I think. Can't wait, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll crack right to it, I suppose. And the Parish of the Week, well, we're going to stay local as well because it's Connor, And we're going to pay tribute to Ballymoney and Tara Hill. Why? Because they did not tamper with a vehicle that was abandoned for a night in Ballymoney North Strand. Yes, a local takeaway driver was going about his business as you do on the, on the, on the night shift, delivering whatever it was, probably a few curries, a few chips, a few poppadoms, whatever. And he was following Satnav and going to an estate in Ballymoney, but didn't he follow a pedestrian walkway down towards Ballymoney North Beach? And he only realised it was the beach until the very end. Well, I hope it was only at the very end. And he got stuck then and he wasn't able to reverse back up the very narrow pedestrian walkway. How he did it is a feat in itself. You know that walkway, Connor. You're uh... Shocking. But then again, like, if you think, like, if we were in Bangladesh and we seen a, <laughs> a little walkway of some sort and thought, let's go for it, you'd probably do the very same. Yeah. So it's like fair play to him to actually just think <laughs> on his feet instead of actually to actually keep going along the beach with and probably lose his car and then and then the tide could just come in on top of it. You wouldn't know, but I think if it was a mistake, which is fair enough. And yeah. Unfortunately, it was plastered all over Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like God love him, but uh, I wonder what he was going down to deliver that night as well because all I just kept thinking about was the lovely bit of pasanda or the bit of pompadoms going on so I did I, I did actually come across the notion will I just run down to the car <laughs> open up and just throw it back into the old microwave there 30 seconds on high would have been tasty yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you have to oh yeah of course Garol Cullen sent it into us shout out to Garol and Garol said that this reveals how people nowadays rely too much on sat-nav technology what do you think guys do you agree disagree wonderful insight there from Garol alright I agree you this, agree? Was a, this is actually a sketch on Connor. do you ever watch The Office yes the US Office it. and Dwight drives into Ooh. a lake because the GPS tells him to yeah uh, even coming down here tonight I actually had to put it in and I know exactly where uh, the house is but I just think it's out of efficiency or something that I have to know every corner that if I took a wrong turn like a wrong turn I'd be up the walls and uh, whereas I think a friend of mine got a sat nav down to Ross Lair or I don't know what it was but she got down to Ross Lair and she arrived at Ross Lair and the sat nav then said now take the ferry you know which, <laughs> <laughs> like wherever she put into but like it was like Wherever, let's say she was going from Gory and she went down from Gory, whether she put in Wales or something. But the first thing Google should have told her was, no, you can't take this route by Carlac. Mm. But um, yeah, I would use it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But then I suppose that delivery driver probably had a route, um, a destination as well that he had to meet at a very exact time and all. And I'd say, well, they were waiting a bit longer for their curry this time around, wouldn't you think? Why would the Satnav think there's a road on the beach? Well, I was thinking about this. So let's go local, you know, because we've gone local. So let's keep going local. There's Sandy Cove Estates. They would be very close to the beach um, there on the other side. But you'd have to go back into Ballymoney Village, take go towards the Taravale, take the right turn down the road, and then you'd have the estates down there. So I can mm. see how that may have materialised. Yeah. We'll yeah. have to get him on next week. 
the, the delivery driver. You bring up some food as well. <laughs> we might just order food. Right now, you sit down there and explain yourself to us. That's your training done, then, man. <laughs> bit like that BBC. Um, do you remember when Guy, the, the BBC lad, was on? Maybe you don't. Um, this lad was up for a, I think it was an interview for a cleaner. And he was brought in because they thought he was an expert in technology. And, he said, and it was about iPhones and, and music charts. And uh, he had to he had to go on air and give a, an oh, account of yeah, Do you remember that's that? that's right. Yeah. yeah. He was in the wrong studio, you could say. Yeah. And he got sat into the chair and they didn't even ask him. Yeah. And his facial expression was like, oh. Yeah. So we go to none other than the Westmead Independent. And there the headline is public advice after fungal infections. Already it's a scary one, isn't it, lads? Fungal infections. It doesn't really... Uh, it's not going to be great. Reported in Swans at Kusan Point. Westmead County Council is reminding people not to feed stale or mouldy bread to swans. The warning arises after cases of swans with pink feather have been reported at Kusan Point on Lockeray. In a social media post, this council said that this is a result of a fungal infection caused by eating bread. Please do not feed swans stale or mouldy bread. There we are now. <laughs> I had a, I was peer pressured into eating mouldy bread a couple of weeks ago. Did I tell you this no. story? You no, know, by my uncle Tommy. I was, <laughs> we got our tea break in work and there was bread on the table. And I, so I went down and to the break room, got me bre- brown bread and my cup of tea, put some butter and marmalade on the bread. Was took a sip of the tea. Tommy walked in, looked at the bread and goes, there's a bit of mould on that bread there. And he goes, Ash, we won't worry about it. And then he took the bread, poured himself, bu- poured himself a slice. And I sort of froze and I was like, there's mould on the bread and then he looked at me and goes you're not going to waste it are you and then I went no I'm not going to waste it and then, so then I ate the mouldy bread he ate the mouldy bread the boss my father came down and goes uh, goes we go to him tell him that bread's a bit mouldy there and he goes sure you can't eat that and he went and got new bread for himself and then I ended up feeling sick all afternoon no then, yeah, yeah so I was peer pressured into eating mouldy bread by my uncle I always wondered why, or yeah, I al- I always wondered why what actually does happen to you if you have like, let's say you don't look at the other side of the bread and throw it into a toaster and what happens. What I do is that I just pick it out. Really? You don't throw the whole slice out? No. I, see, mm. I seem to be fine, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to be fine. But um, I have to say, whenever I read that article as well during the week, uh, not to be um, giving stale or mouldy I had to say I, I couldn't say mouldy I was like mouldy yeah. <laughs> like mouldy mm. bread yeah <laughs> yeah but that's what the council is saying anyway I, I don't know I, I can't remember the last time I gave bread to a swan so yeah no you shouldn't give it to him at all really. are they saying you can give normal bread to, normal to bread a yeah. Yeah, yeah by full price stuff not white bread though. Mick Halpin bought in the shop he could, he could yeah now we go on to a serious story from the Tipperary Life this is from uh, the former chair of Taste Council and a member of Good Food Ireland, Peter Ward. And he says that what's happening in meat and food processing factories was, and he, I quote, a consequence of people wanting a three euro chicken. So he's blaming the consumer for the latest uh, scenario where, you know, it's it's a cheap food policy in Europe. And he says that people need to be educated socially and environmentally on what is a sustainable, f- fair price. And he says that COVID-19 and its consequences had demonstrated this. This is interesting. I don't know. I'm a bit torn on this. Uh, we all like a bit of value. And it's all good that, you know, the price of food has gone down dramatically. But um, he says that we need to be making more con- conscientious decisions um, when it comes to the choice of our products. What do you think, Mark? I don't know, Michael. I'd, blame, I'd be more inclined to blame a highly infectious and easily transmitted disease combined with industrial working conditions rather than my weakness for chicken tenders for the spread <laughs> of this global disaster. <laughs> One breath. One breath. <laughs> 
What do you think, Connor? Do you think he is a point or what? Yeah, I'm kind of with Mark on that. Um, I don't. Yeah, I think people should definitely be looking at what they're buying, like especially at the start of the pandemic as well. Bringing back to mouldy bread, even like people buying eight sliced pans. It's like why, and then they're and then they're having about four trays of red meat and things like this. Yeah, it is a little bit mad like but um i wish i had the money to actually buy <laughs> like that for a house and yeah. then coming up to a bill of like 350 quid you're like oh my god and then i'm going in with like a week's shopping for 50 quid going am i doing this right or, or am i doing this wrong i'm not quite sure but look i'm i'm in the shape of my life <laughs> now so you've agreed there mark and yourself and it's not it's not the only thing you have in common of course your father delivers post Two Mark Yeah. Yes. Did he you does. know that? He For the last him. actually I think today is the anniversary that he's been in Tara Hill for the last seventeen years. Tara Hill wow. and Castletown, yeah. Jamie Mac. Yeah. My father started the post office job when I was about three or four months old. So yeah. His post office job is the same age as I am, you could say. But yeah. Just over seventeen. Just over 17. That's the one. <laughs> now he was eleven years in Carnew. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um so uh yeah, he's been going down to the Halpin's house. Um, I don't know what to do with ordering, for sure. No though. questions asked. <laughs> no questions asked. Well, Paul actually said that he enjoys the podcast, so shout out to Paul. And yes. uh, keep doing what you're doing, Paul, to different uh, posts and um, different size parcels to the Halpin family. And keeping his mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on there to the Waterford News. And this is about a group of explorers who um, are setting out. They, they've actually covered the southern coastline of Ireland. It's called the Celtic Corridor. So I just thought it was a bit of a novel story. They've, they're actually going to follow the Celtic Corridor and go across to Cornwall, Devon, Wales and eventually Brittany and France. So they've been, around 12 of them have been getting together and they were travelling the coastline through uh, by bike or they were walking the coastline or walking the road or driving the road and they even um they stopped every night for a bit of grub and some beverages looked like they had a right night and um they also did sand art en route uh, uh, while they did the celtic sea coastline to be honest i've read this now a few times i'm not sure why it was in the local newspaper (laughs) but uh, i'm really happy to include it and uh i i think it's really novel isn't it it's right up your alley when I read it. I know why you picked it. This is a, you'd love to join this group of wandering yeah. weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just didn't want to be the first to say it. Yeah. Well, fair play to them anyway. I think it's time for Flash Flood. I tell you now, this virus can go on as far as I'm concerned. I'm sick to the tits of it. We were on the holidays there, we were up in Belfast a couple of days, and sure, two hour wait to get into anywhere if you booked it. You go back down to Gorey Saturday morning, 40 minute wait to get in somewhere for breakfast. You cannot just take an ocean to go anywhere anymore. It's taking the wilding south of people. Everything has to be booked. Everyone needs to know where you're going. You can't just take an ocean and do anything anymore. And I ain't sick to the tits of it. I used to love taking an ocean and f***ing off somewhere for the day. Can't do it anymore. Has to be booked. Boxology, that's what it is. One of these days, James is going to go sick above his tits and then we're all in trouble. <laughs> He's been sick to his tits for weeks. You should go to the doctor about that, really, you know? <laughs> yeah. I love how the wildness has gone out of him, you know? James, I think, has this 
idea of the things that he can do. And if, if one of them is interfered with, well, then his wildness is threatened. His very being is threatened. Um, it, it, it's a one-of-a-kind being, the James Flood, isn't it? Mm, he is a caged animal. Yeah. That's what he is now. Anvi me, Anvi Alta. That's the joke. We'll prove his collar in Yeah. Come on, keep going. Crying, the crawl in my car. How can she leave? She's. I'm straddling him to see that. Give us a beat, Connor. Buckle the hand. But yeah, that's that's really the vibe that James has struck this week. What, Connor? You have uh, consumed this podcast. You're a, a better man as a result. I, I'm sure you'd agree. So, what what do you derive from the flash flood? <clears throat> I met a very different James Flood back in school. Let's just say um, I I can't say I can I can never disagree with him with what he says. I think he's I think I think we all have a James. Uh, James Flood inside our heads you know like the wildness yeah we all have the we we all have what he talks about let's just say let that just resonate with you for a second he's not a man he's an idea idea. yeah you know maybe James is what we could never bring ourselves to say Mm. James is in all of us yeah. I don't think we can even discuss the flash forward anymore. I think that that is it. That, that you've encapsulated. It. We yeah. can't cap that. You solved the riddle. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole podcast has been this riddle. Yeah. A very good evening, to you. and that's it. Thanks, folks. <laughs> well, well done, James. Well done, Connor. It's time, actually. Uh, it's a good time to discuss Connor. Something that um, when we had, when we were thinking about oh bringing Connor on, the my abiding memory of. You in community school, Connor, is your confidence. You were always full of confidence. Did you find that yourself, or what? What you you also said that you struggled with stammering and growing up. So, uh, just tell me about your time in GCS and did you like where you went? You were willing to perform. You were always willing and ready to deliver and show your talents. Would that be fair? Yeah, um, it will be like with. Um, I'm very glad to hear that I used with confidence and things like that um i think as a as a performer it was like as if a light switch went off my head from day one that whatever i needed to be as a performer number one was confidence so basically you have to treat yourself like a product you don't treat yourself i guess you have to treat yourself like an artist and things like that and a musician and you have to provide entertainment but when it comes down to a to an actual entertaining performing musician number one is confidence if you don't have it it's zero like so whether it was confidence naturally maybe i just acted out well um because with the stammer when i had grown up in school uh, particularly in primary school it was it was shocking it was it was a struggle every single day it was like the little things to to people who can speak normally throughout every day like ordering food or um, approaching a client and them asking you, what's your name? See, there's the, there's different things about a stammer is that uh, people say, you know, like take a deep breath and relax and don't worry and calm down a bit. And it's like, that's, that's not what it is. It's your brain is trying to send that sound that you actually can produce. So you're being asked something very simple, like what would you like for starters? And you just feel like that your whole world is crumbling down. Now, I have to say, over the years, I think 
society is kind of um, seen as a more common thing. But back in the day, you kind of have people looking at you going, what is wrong with you? And therefore, your, your confidence gets lower. Um, getting onto a bus, asking for a return ticket to Arklow, which I never minded because Arklow starts with an A, not a consonant. It was a vowel. It was A, E, I, O, U. You know, so A. Um, if I was to go to Galway, let's just say, that's a hard G. So therefore, I could be on the front of a bus and a bus driver could be having the worst day and he could take it. I, th- there has been times where I've walked off buses because I couldn't say where I wanted to go and they tried to pressurize me. Now, there is a part of me that's kind of like, they didn't understand. They thought I could have been um, maybe having them on a bit, you know, with young lads getting on with other lads. They think that I'm having a bit of crack. Um, but yeah, even ordering food in restaurants, I still I still do it. I Actually, as of yesterday and the day before there, I was celebrating my first year anniversary with Maura. Thank you very much. Um uh, good job tomorrow. Um, <laughs> ducks, I, as you call them. Ducks, yeah. yes, <laughs> ducks. Um, is uh, I even felt myself kind of just kind of pushing her forward to kind of walk up to the, to to like the counter first, you know, for her to kind of make the the first move. Whereas there's times where I kind of stop myself from from doing that because it's therefore that's just too easy and therefore I'm not going to actually learn but it's it's only the little things in in life that actually kind of hold my speech back it doesn't hold me back whatsoever I don't see it as a deficiency and yeah. um, I just see it as a characteristic I see it like an accent you know it's not a phase it's, it's you're something that you're probably still living with or like a little bit yeah there is yeah the it's from time to time. If I'm around my family and things like that, um, I'm more comfortable with it, of course, because they've been listening to it for the last 28 years. Apologies to mum, dad and David. Um, <laughs> but, like, uh, it's... Yeah, it does It does come It does come and go. I could go through two weeks where I could be trying to tell a story of something and something so simple to say. And I'm trying to say the word with, like, my hands or something. But you've never seen that because you've never seen me in a situation where... Um, where I'm trying to like explain something that happened down the town. Like I'm not going back to your house, and I'm and then I'm a, I'm excited over some, or if I'm worried. But if you put six cans in front of me here, I'll I will tell jokes all night long, and I wouldn't stammer once. Mm. Or if there was no cans, I and tell jokes. It's a performance thing. I try and become someone else when it comes to performing. I'm not performing now, of course. No. But when it comes to a stage and I'm doing like an MC, or if I'm performing, uh workshop in front of kids you have to do like you do have to become that children's tv presenter in a way hello guys you're very welcome thanks a million for attending this workshop here today like that the speed that i speak doing that is a speed i can't speak when i'm myself because i'm being someone else you know what i mean so is this the greatest understanding that you've gained from having a stammer totally but i think it it collaborates really well with being a performer as well so when you meet someone whether it's a client and he sees you as a musician and a performer before he sees you as a normal person he wants like if he sees you just as a as a business you have to do all the moves and I, and then I just become a different character and then after a while they get to know me and then they see the mix of the two I think a lot of performers do that like whether they're on radio trying to promote their new single or their new album which they'll They'll always get that whole. So tell us a little bit about your single here today. Well, we are really, really excited. You know, they, they just become this new person. No one's going to say, 
Yeah, it was good. We're in the studio there for about three or four hours and yeah, it went really well. And Now, that's how they would want to do it, but they have to become this entertaining kind of person, you know, to get your message across because it's in the entertainment world. Okay. You know? You probably saw that firsthand when you were with Shaolin. When did you join Shaolin? Um, I joined Shaolin. I was asked up to Kalash Lurgan, which is full on Gael talked of course, and I got out of the car in the middle of Connemara and then the penny dropped and I was like, oh my God, is this a Irish college? So long story short, um, I had I had no Irish. I did one video, which was uh, Some Nights by Fun. Great and Great. Yeah, I actually, that's still probably my favorite track. Like, is it, yeah. Um, it was just, it was just all done in like an old school studio. There was no, um, no effects or anything. It was just proper musicians just into one mic and, very little mixing like and it was just it was really nice and then I came back the following year I got asked back to be like um a co-producer like a co-creator of Avicii so I kind of did the team of like the club the the kind of club drumming so putting like um that luminous paint all over the drums and things like that and then after that hit we got a million hits in like in like the first week and then it just blew up we were on the Late Late Show that October and then the gig started rolling in from like corporate companies like Guinness and Jemison and things like that and Culture Ireland and Crow Park. And the lads kind of said, would you be interested in coming along? Because at the time, Shalin were just an acoustic band. I don't think they even had a bit of percussion or drumming between them. They just said, would you like to join? I said, yeah, absolutely. So I did a gig with them in the academy and it kind of just happened. There was no like, okay, from now on, you are our drummer from... Uh, so we're going to ask you to come to Scotland if you want to come. It was up to me. I didn't have to go. But then from then on, it just, just got just, it was huge. Like it was albums, singles, videos, YouTubes, corporate gigs. And it went, and then two years later, so it was 2012, I think. And then I joined them officially then in 2013. And then, uh, yeah, it, it was actually turned into a full-time job. We actually had, there was, there was a time there where, our families and our partners weren't actually getting any time. It was literally Monday to Saturday, coming home, getting off a bus at 10 o'clock. Then you say to the lads during the week, yeah, I'll meet you for a pint. But you know that you weren't in the right frame of mind. You were just too tired. And then that Sunday, you could get a call. Connor, forgot to tell you, we have a studio. Yeah, I'll be back up. Then you're just gone off to Dublin or gone off to wherever we were going. And like music was, when you were younger, such a big deal. Was that... Was it, did you feel like you were on a treadmill or was it the fulfillment of your dreams? What? Like, fulfillment, completely. Right. Yeah. I think it was also um, avoiding having a real job uh, <laughs> as well. Um, I could never see myself taken to a trade or anything like that. I don't think, I. Uh, it's not out of laziness, of course. Um, I look up to people who do like those, like those bits of work and things like that, but I think it was just, this is just always what I wanted to do. And as a child, I always got what I wanted. And not to sound spoiler, but I always just put the head down. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Yeah, but you mightn't know. This is what I want to do. And that's it. I, I just think uh, it started off with, you know, going to school, doing a gig on a Saturday, going and then going to college and having a gig at the weekend. And then after college, it was like the odd tour here and there. And I thought, okay, this is, this is for life now. And I like it. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's the dream, isn't it? Doing what you love instead of like you know doing something, being forced into mm. a job you don't want to do, and then you're stuck there, and then you buy something you can't afford, and then you spend ten years in a job paying off that thing. Like you escape yeah. basically the trap of it all. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it's like what Gavin Stamp said there. He goes, you'll never work a day in <laughs> your life when you do something that you, well, you enjoy. Know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's so true. Like yeah. now in saying that it's not all easy. Sure. It's like, it's like anything. It's like you doing this uh, podcast here and then there's listeners back home going, oh my God, they have the best crack. And you do have the best crack, but there is a bit of work that goes into it and there is a bit of head scratching and there's a little bit of pressure, but that's that's what's all part of it like you know yeah and music is an art really like and that's why i think you know it doesn't really suit someone who is or it doesn't really suit someone to just go into that nine-to-five job or that environment you know like um percussion and rhythm has that always been something that you were drawn towards even you know in primary school were you reaching for the drums just like uh, mark redmond was looking into the inner pipes or um it wasn't real. I was just, I was just a huge fan of trad music. Like as a drummer, I, I'm, I'm actually quite different to a lot of drummers, and I don't say it like on as if I'm a contestant on X Factor. Oh, I'm really different. <laughs> no, it's not that. No, as in I was different in a strange way. As in like as a obviously I, I, I took up the baron first. That's just how it all began and I thought I was always going to just be a baron player and I used to see drummers and pipe bands going no that's just way too hard I'm just going to stick to like the baron here um but it was uh it was something what could you say it's a uh, like trad I just loved trad and I wasn't going out getting albums by Dave Grohl who drummed with like uh, Nirvana and sang for the Foo Fighters have to get me facts right about the best drummers in the world um <laughs> or like the Beatles to listen to Ringo Starr, Lars Ulrich or Phil Collins or any of those. I was out buying CDs to bands like trad bands like At The Racket who were a duo, who were banjo and saxophone. I just loved what they did. It, it wasn't that I wanted to play saxophone or wanted to play banjo. I just loved tr- trad music. Then I started to fuse then with African culture, with trad music. Kind of like what Riverdance did. This might know. be a good time to whip out the, yeah. the djembe. Um, so he played, I, I for, that's played for Newcastle for a while, did he? What's <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bow rod? Sorry. What part of India was Newcastle in again? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, during like secondary school, you would have the, the bongos were a big thing as well, weren't mm. they? When, yeah, they were huge. Uh, um, did you go to Amy or I did? Yeah, and I got myself a drum. All right, and uh, was that where you, you started it? Like the djembe, or had you heard of it before, or what? You see, with drums and percussion, um, they're all kind of, well, like with the baron, it's different, but like, there's a lot of drums that are like the djembe, like a, like a cajon drum or a set of bongos. They're all used with your hands. It's like Mark picking up a set of pipes. He picks up a flute then. They're all similar notes. I know that there's different techniques so that, like, you know, with a flute, um, he uses his mouth, whereas the alien pipes, he uses his elbows. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the chanter and the notes, they're all... I know, I know that if Mark is listening, he he's probably just waiting for me to say, oh, sure, it's just the very same thing. Like, But <laughs> I'm nearly certain that it's very, very similar. Yeah. So there's like sisters and brothers to one another. It's like, like if I brought uh, the djembe here tonight and then I play and then I play it and then I brought out like the box drum, which is from Spain, I find the technique so similar. It's all finger rolled. It's all the center is bass. The edge is treble, da, da, da. Anyway, don't get me off in a tangent. <laughs> you don't have enough time on your podcast. Yeah, so this Baron is, um, let's say if the house went on fire, it's the first thing that I grab. I right. leave all the drums behind. I let them burn. This, when did you get it? Um, I got this off a guy called, 
he's a German guy. He has a really tough surname to say. Christian Hedwistack. Okay. And he he modelled a, a baron off one of his um, players. He's in a big German trad band. Yes, I didn't get that wrong. A German trad band. <laughs> right. Uh, with Cara and his name is Rolf Waggles. And <laughs> Good man, Waggles. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Rolf. Sorry, Rolf. Big, big plug. I'm no he listens, so sorry, Rolf yeah. Waggles. <laughs> Rolf, my next Baron is for free. Um, so the Baron, that this is model of his plane, so he went in, designed it with Christian, and uh, I... I was happy enough to actually get in contact with him while I was on tour. He got in touch and he goes, I see that you're on tour. And I was like, I am. And I was like, are you Mr. Rolf Waggles? You know? And he goes, I am. He goes, I'd love to come and see you play. I see that my Baron is in really good hands and I'd love to come see you wow. play my Baron. Unfortunately, I literally left the day before and he went to see the other Baron player, which is actually Paddy Doyle from Cranford. How are you, Paddy? Oh, um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that was really cool. So this Baron is... Um, a lot of money. I don't think I can even say it on, on air. Uh, yeah. yeah, crazy amounts of money, but I just love it. Here we go. Amazing. This sitting room just like must think that this, I don't know, it has the most highest bar of music. We've had Mark Redmond playing the other pipes and now we've had you playing the bower on. And like you've made, both of you make the instrument speak some different level. Like, you know, it's just... Mm. I wanted to sacrifice Michael while the music (laughs) 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 But like, you fused a few styles there. Would that be right or would it be wrong? Yeah, it's... Basically, like that type of playing, if you did that in a session or in front of an adjudicator at a flat, like there'd just be lads just shaking their head going, Yeah, what do you want? That's just divilment. That's just pure yeah. divilment. So, like, whenever you're right out to the front, like uh, on, the, on the new stage show that I'm doing, or when I will ever do again, I don't know, in Germany, in France, in Switzerland, is that there's a part where it's the Baron solo. So, the, the show is all about dancers and stuff, and there's Rhythm is a huge thing. So the baron player goes out to the front and therefore the baron player is just let loose. Do whatever yeah. you want. Doesn't have to be to a reel or to a certain time signature or a certain dynamic. Just have five minutes of just backflips on a baron, basically. Um, so yeah, a lot of it is just technique and practice. That's all. And it's your style as well. And that's what you brought when you did the um, the Pubs of Gory and that that music video with Connor Stafford. It was a great collaboration. Yeah. And people still talk about it. You know, yeah. it was really brilliant, wasn't it, Mark? Yeah, that was fast. Yeah, it, that, that was just a moment of madness. That was just something <laughs> that, that came into my head. And I just thought, uh, will I or won't I? So I got on to John Redmond, um, who who is absolutely fantastic. You, you know him from school. And Connor Stafford as well, who has been probably the local video man for forever. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of thought getting two local lads. Connor's a bit. Actually, Connor is a drummer himself, 
So it was handy having someone behind the camera who kind of knew what was going down and to actually piece it all together. I have to take my hat off to John. John is just brilliant. Like his effects, you know, things like Connor, I don't think this is working. And I say, it is working. No, just listen again. Yeah, you're right, John. Yeah, told you. (laughs) So I kind of brought the madness and they organized it. Yeah. You could say, but... You need that. Robbie does that for us. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Like this is yeah. like what we've been talking here for what three hours now. <laughs> what what an edit. <laughs> and uh, like I have to say, uh, it was brilliant and it did really well. And like I said on radio there last week, not my favorite radio station, um, uh, but because this is my favorite, uh, <laughs> of course, um, was that it's a. Uh, the, the, the town of Gory is just brilliant for getting behind anything. Like, like, like you, you take the Nevena hurlers there two years ago. There's people standing out on the street who probably never watched a game of hurling, but they were still there to support, like, yeah, things like that. And the, the and the town just did so well. But I have to say, shooting that video, I saw some of the darkest things in Gory on a Tuesday morning at ten o'clock. Oh gosh, right. I'm okay. not joking, you lads. <laughs> I am telling you now, there was about five grand in total out already in the till before about half eleven. The drinking is serious in Gory, which was... Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, is right. Oh, lads, it was just... I have to say, it was an experience in itself. Like, like we had lunch in French's then at quarter twelve. As you do. As we we did and as we do. Um, (laughs) But it was... uh, it was mad like you're going like like we went into a particular bar once they and mm. uh, any names but um we went into a particular bar and they were um they're watching the racing like now at, at half 11 i'd say they were probably watching the racing in uh <laughs> dubai or somewhere or japan where it would take about two weeks to get their bet down but we went in and uh, we were like, oh, we, we just want to, I was in touch with you before. You were what? I was in touch with you there last week looking to do a little advertising for like, the post for it. We do well enough. Uh, I know that, but uh, it's just that I put you down a list. I have been in touch. Oh, you're the lad that rang me last week. I'm the one. Um, right, sure, come on. Be quick. So whatever beat I was doing, I don't want to give away what I use because I will give away the name of the pub, but um, lovely people, but just that call, trying to get a pub to stay silent just for two minutes and... It wasn't like we had the uh, the privilege of having a space and saying, right, guys, you have this till five and you can yeah. shoot as many times. We had to get that. We, 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 we had to get that shot and that sound because there was a live sound taken on set. So it wasn't as if I went back to the studio, watched the video and just reenacted the sound. The sounds were taken on set. So John is there with about 40,000 wires coming out of his head and a laptop there and a mic here. And he's going, right, go one second. There's a door. How long a second there's a tractor passing outside, and then there's lads going, I have the second favorite in this. I'm going, please just give us two minutes, just please. But after all that, they they were grand, like you know, uh, very supportive and things like that. And then I got to make Joe.ie, which is a bit of a dream itself, yeah, to get onto Joe just, just for five minutes, you know, it was really cool, yeah, yeah. And the sound out rhythm has that. Oh, only come in recent years or was that always there I feel like it was always there Sound Out Rhythm was just basically um, like I was teaching and I was doing a bit a bit of this and a bit of that and things like that and thought so when I left Shulin I left Shulin um, in maybe I think it was August 30th and I had the the business 
registered on the 1st of September. Oh, right. So okay. literally, how to set up a business now, I wouldn't know. It was just literally, it was just panic, panic, panic. So I, I got going with the lads because I needed a job there and then. So I got students in and then it just turned into workshops. And then I turned into a few projects and things like that, like like uh, 12 pubs of drums. Yeah, and then it's just becoming, it just became my, my day job because I just came away from, from gigging for a while. I just kind of got a little bit sick of it. I got sick of traveling and things like that. So I thought, right. I just want to go home. I, ju- I just want yeah. to go home. And that was it. So that's how it all started. And what aspects of the tour in life are just too much? Is it that, like the fact that you have to prepare and do the promo and then you only have an hour on stage? So is too much of the time drained up out off the stage? Or what, what um, is it, Connor? I, if I was to give my own personal view on it, like I, I'd say... Like obviously there's your your band pressure so like your pressure to get maybe a demo done or a single done but I think it's more so like your um your own personal pressure and things like that and then when when you're doing the likes of six gigs in three days and things like that and you just feel like that you're just constantly performing and you're constantly just putting on like showing that you have loads of energy but you don't, and then the traveling, the setup, the getting in, the get, the packing up, dealing with a client, something falls through. Then you're told that you're not good enough. Then you're told that you are good enough. Then you're told that you're gonna have a six month tour. Then that doesn't happen. Then you don't know who you're dealing with. It's just, it was just a, a storm. I have to say, as people ask me, and I've actually never said this publicly, but as people say, do you miss Shalin? And I say I don't miss Shalin, but I miss the lads. I miss the actual product like or I actually missed the lads I don't miss the product like yeah. I don't miss the like I thought it was great they were trying to promote the Irish language and things like that and the culture to young people to older people making Irish cool with inverted commas yeah, yeah. you could say um, I thought it was great it just wasn't for me though yeah come come the end of it um, but yeah it was uh, it was a it was a good out road like it was class time itself has probably given you that perspective as well though because like when it was such you know you're in that hurly burly it's just constant go 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 you don't really have the time to step back and say oh I see what those lads are actually doing you know that they're really trying to promote Irishness yeah there is like I have to say like the the lads I I have to say my passion was nowhere near where the lads passion was because they're all grail gorse and I I arrived with with no Irish and I came out with loads of Irish right and I think I was an an example in itself of what the lads were actually trying to promote mm. in a way I went in they never put a book in front of me they never sat down and tried to teach me the Tishel Ginnaduk mm. or anything or, or like the Malkin Eluk. it was literally until I asked a question and I was like um sink sink and they're like starts with a D that's that's a, a dirtle good man you know, any questions that I had, they, but they never said, you, you have to learn Irish mm. you, to actually be in this band. You have to. They, uh, if I told them, I'm, I just, I'm, I'm never going to learn. They'd say, yeah, it's grand. That's yeah. up to yourself. But like being around them, like they always spoke Irish. They always spoke Irish. And it was hard. But that actually wasn't even one of the pressures why I actually left. I actually loved that part of it. Yeah. I actually came out with a language and embarrassingly enough, it's our own language yeah. which we all should know like um i know michael has a good few words of course after his lovely poem at the start of this podcast oh yeah um <laughs> you have a great point on gavin though don't you gavin what was that oh you did it on an ordinary level 
Uh, get that in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's the juice. <laughs> Do you want me to take out that? I have a knife in my back there, Connor. If you want oh. to just reach over. It's a rusty one. It's a rusty one, man. But that's the gist of your uh, joke that, you know... Given to a higher level student, it's about this. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I made this point before. You what did you do, Connor? Higher or G- oh, yeah, 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 I did pass. Yeah. Uh, did you do Gavin? I did. The about so, tiger. Or the sad like lion yeah. kept in a cage. That's yeah. what we learned. It was. What did you learn that that poem was about? It was about the poet's own struggle with the cancer and. Uh, did you notice? <laughs> kept in the dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We weren't emotionally evolved enough to learn about these things. <laughs> Wow, but yeah. but um, <laughs> we learned that it was like the sad lion stuck in the cage, and they learned about a woman dr- dealing with mortality. Yeah, but but to get back to your life, Connor, <laughs> like um, it's great that you have had that experience, and now you know, I I feel with sound out and with teaching children that you're more authentic to your own purpose and uh, sharing a passion with uh, the people around you. Would that be fair to say? You actually said it better than I could ever say it. Uh, yeah, I could, yeah. I just think there was always a um, not to sound too spiritual, but there was always a calling. You could say, if if there was any job put in front of me and someone asked me, "What are you best at doing?" Probably teaching. You know, um, not saying that I am the best and things like that, but probably what I'm most comfortable with. I love dealing with people. I I, I and uh, I love dealing with like. Even adults, like my, my youngest student at the minute is about three and a half. And my eldest student who will be coming to me is 92. Wow. So when it comes to percussion and <laughs> drums, it's kind of, and especially I always knew that there's a great market for it. And this is not to down or dismiss any other instrument out there. But if you put a set of drums or a fiddle in front of a child and you ask the child, pick one. It's not the violin. That's, no, it's yeah. just not the violin. <laughs> okay. Or the tin whistle or the yeah. concertina. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I'm not down. It's just, even with adults as well. Like I was doing a class there today in Timon and there was six kids and the parents were all there as well. And a parent came up chatting and the parent was chatting away to me, but oh, just had to have a go on the drum. Just had to. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I was like, you work away. It's fine. So she's like, oh, there's just something inside me just wants to beat a drum for half an hour. And I was like, I'll be my guest because I was, I'm going out for a fag. <laughs> I said, go for it. And yeah, and I, and I went out. Now, she probably would never be a drummer, <laughs> but um, she had fun on it, like, mm. you know, and I always just thought there's a market there for young drummers. And at the minute, I think of 75 kids coming like every week. Yeah. And these are kids who come skipping in and skipping out. And I, and, and, and I see them doing it with piano uh, as well. And alien pipes mark and you know like with all other different types of instruments too but drumming is active though as well so yeah. i kind of get through to like the sporty type of lads too you know like there's a lot of cast town jerseys coming in and there's a lot of nevana jerseys coming in and and i'd ask anyone you kind of ask the student who's kind of into music and i'd say would you do anything else yeah I do piano and fiddle and whistle and, that. and then you ask the lad with the cast on top no, just drums. I just thought I'd give it a go, you know. <laughs> and they're the guys who stay. Like, so there's a bit of there's a what a bit of cross referencing going on with things like because it's active, they feel like you know it's kind of works the arms a bit. Oh. And, and then there's like it's 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 a whole studio full of drums. So it's not always just drum kit. It could be the cajon being the Spanish drummer, the djembe being the African or the baron. So it's like take your pick, and then whatever you kind of get, 
the magnet feel off yeah you go for it and then okay. I'll teach you and say striking that tone with the 92 year old how is that different to the three and a half year old what's the 92 year old like on it's the a bit drums? louder I'd say <laughs> <laughs> um, lifelong uh, uh, ambition purely just a trial run get her in get her in behind the kit oh it's female excuse me right? yeah yeah female and uh, you know you could just say what's your favourite artist she could say Frank Sinatra she could say Frankie Valli you throw on a bit of walk like a man, a little bit of um, and you just see where it goes. And so she's happy enough to do it. I'm not going to sit down and say, right, well, your wrist is wrong on <laughs> on, uh, on your left hand and you haven't been doing your homework. And you know what? Never come back here again. Um, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. I love the idea of her getting her pension and then hopping into you. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. That yeah. is sound out. That is yeah, sound that, out. that is sound out. Um, I'm, I'm happy out. Any any questions you have, Mark? Uh, yeah, I have loads of questions for Connor, actually. Oh. Now. These are a bit less um, mentally challenging. <laughs> <laughs> but they are, the game is called More Pressing Matters, but the more has an E on the end of it and two O's ah, in the middle. Oh, so, wonderful. Uh, Here we go. So, drum roll, please. You don't actually have to do it. That was the worst joke. We'll get that out of the way first. Uh, number one, Connor, which Disney movie has the best soundtrack? Lion King for drumming. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Have you seen the Lion King too? Yeah, oh, I've seen all of them. Yeah, he uh, he he lives in you. He lives in you. Right. It sounds like my communion, it's, but <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a very questionable name, but um, it's uh, if you listen to that, if you listen to that drum track, it's unreal. And if you go see it in the West End as well, they have like five drummers on either side up on the top balconies. Dressed as animals, but they're playing Jap. Oh, I'm shivering. <laughs> and, um, and they're playing like these Japanese drums called taiko drums, and they're like Nagados. And the drums are so resounding that they actually used to use these drums in Japan to measure the distance of a mountain. Wow. Now, that's class. shivers. <laughs> but Lion King is just unbelievable yeah for drum tracks um i have to agree what's the one where um your man gets banished scar gets banished one of us not one of us oh yeah heavy on the drums as well what else is there the circle of life akuna matata it definitely yeah it definitely would have to tarzan is good now as well yeah. i listened to, I listened to tarzan yeah. in the bath the other night the whole soundtrack it was it was unreal there's like <laughs> son of man there's wait, strangers wait. like me go back a second there go back a second <laughs> wow all right, yeah. so Tarzan actually is, yeah. Uh, Phil, Phil, Phil Collins done the Phil soundtrack. Phil Collins is the oh. soundtrack, yeah. yeah. It's classic. Yeah. And what else do you listen to in the bath, Mark? Um, not a whole lot. Well, yeah, Shania so, Twain. Shania, Shania Twain. Like a woman. <laughs> <laughs> like a woman. Right, moving on. I don't want to go any on. further into this conversation. Uh, have you ever wondered what your dog named you? Okay, so you're going back on the post of the dog going missing the other day, was it? What? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, Georgie. Georgie. No, Georgie didn't go missing. Brennan's dog? No, our dog. Your dog went missing? But Maura's dog. I your dog taken. was called Georgie. It's called Georgie as well. George, yeah. And it went missing. Yeah, is your dog called George? Well, Brennan's dog is called Georgie. It's a female. Okay, is it called George? And he went missing. I Is... is is Brendan's dog the dog in heat then? Because that's where he was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no that's way. Unbelievable. Yeah. No way. Um, what would George let's say? So, what, what, so George is there and he's out in the field and he's wondering where is 
Ledrum, I'd say. Ledrum? Ledrum. What does that mean? You never heard of uh, Ledrum? No. Oh, I think it's a county thing. Robbie? Ledrum. No. Luder. Yeah, Ledrum. Yeah, it's, it's Ludrum. like you have to quarter you. Ludrum or Oleon. Yeah. Oh, you have to quarter you. Yeah, oh, as wow. in like you're not, uh, not that you're not the full shilling, but you're just, what was that you should quarter you? Wow. Yeah, my mother's, actually my mother still calls me that. Your father called <laughs> he's an old quarter. Yeah, yeah. A quarter, a Yeah, it's kind of like an Oleon. Yeah, I reckon, yeah, I reckon most dogs have insults in their own heads for Do you us. think? Yeah, totally. Think so, yeah, it's like, yeah. there's the food man now, or stupid yeah. fat man, feed me <laughs> yeah. ham from your sandwich. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what papers choose this to be selling puppies in a few weeks' time, you wouldn't know. <laughs> I don't think we can joke about that, yeah, Michael. Yeah, Basil <laughs> will be back in now for a different reason. We have a suspect. <laughs> <laughs> so... If Mick and Phil own McGovern's, <laughs> I and, love this. And Jim owns French's. Does that mean that the bypass owns the bridge? I'm sorry. Oh my god, <laughs> that is brilliant. That's awful. Oh, they don't even get it. Oh, I've got to know. Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> Five hours later. Five hours later. <laughs> Next week we get my reaction. <laughs> brilliant. Okay. Uh, Moving on then, sorry about that. Uh, you were given a choice of two jobs, drummer for the Artane Boys Band or drummers for the Paper Tuesdays Boy Band. Paper Tuesdays. Yeah. Because yeah. that commute to Artane, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Merely on only that reason. Artane Boys Band, no, I don't think I could play um, ba, 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 um, ba, um, ba, um. and then a break for two, three, four. Well, no, you haven't worked with us yet. We can be divas. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of drugs involved. Um, Wouldn't take a doctor. (laughs) Uh, Connor, Castletown doesn't have a castle or a town. Why is that? Mark, you are a national treasure. Castle or a town. Did you ever think about this growing up there? Yeah, I never asked anyone because I was too oh. <laughs> too afraid. Oh. Is it not castle? Ask your postman. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he'll have the same answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, number six, you have to choose between never being allowed inside again or never being allowed outside again. Which do you choose? <laughs> no, that's, a gr- that's actually a great question. This is what the podcast is all about. Um... <laughs> Never been allowed in, never, probably never been allowed inside again. Mm, I'm with you. Because yeah. if you're inside, you'll want to get out. If you're outside, you know, there's shelter, mm, there's loads water, of there's a, loads of room for activities. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a spider on my questions. Hold on. Oh, excuse me. No, spiders were harmed that Don't badly in it's the making of this. Actually, it's supposed to lash tomorrow, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, who does the best chicken roll in Gory? P.H. Doyle. Oh. Again, yeah. Excellent. Fabulous. Yeah. Like, I, like those, the women and the men up there that make them chicken rolls, yeah. they're just, they just do it right. Yeah. Like, you know, they might put an extra euro on it. They could actually put an extra three euro on mm. it and I'd still pay it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, it's very good. It's a classic, isn't With it? With the crisps in the plastic box. Yeah. And it gets a little bit soft they close the lid on it but then you open it when you get outside and it's got like a little bit of moisture in the roll but not too much it's very good now but I was converted to SO recently SO do SO. fantastic chicken rolls SO Osborne's mm, yeah. yeah I've got the odd breakfast there but I've never actually got a chicken roll in there because I usually get a bit of breakfast 
So, oh, do you know what I mean? Whenever I'm past going out the actor road, I don't yeah. think I've ever, yeah. If I was to get breakfast though, I'm straight to book cafe. But, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, we agree there. Top <laughs> drawer. <laughs> Top drawer. In chorus, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you started a whole new debate there now with the breakfast. Yeah. But I don't think it'd be a long lived one. I'd have to go. Yeah. Book cafe, Hungry Bear is probably in there. Rising Partridge is always there. You yeah, know. Joanne's is the old dog for the hard roll. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the hard roll, by the way, all their food is fresh. Uh, Connor, either you are forced to quit your job and take up a new job licking envelopes for the credit union, or you continue your current career, but you do it dressed as vanilla ice every day in a non comedic fashion. Which do you choose? Um. What's the salary for the credit union? Oh, they're both the same. All oh, right, they're okay. Both the same. Nothing else is different. Uh, yeah, at least I can wear my own clothes and still look like me and work at the credit union, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd love to dress Great like question. Like. Sound uh, out loans. Connor was. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Serious. Uh, last question then. Has Ooh. your experience on Paper Tuesdays been everything you imagined it would be? Yeah, I just think at long last we have two very charismatic lads doing something that we just would need to listen to during this awful unpre- unprecedented time it's just it's class i've loved my time of course but i just loved the podcast so i'm not going to shine too much light on my time here because i've had a great time which i knew that i would have but it's just been the nights i couldn't sleep and i'm going i think i'll listen to mark Revan again or i think i'll listen to connor mack or Gavin Stamp, or I think I'll just forward on to Flash Flood. Just, <laughs> not, just nine more times. <laughs> but like, there's like the best thing about this podcast, and I hope that listeners, if they got sick of me chatting at the start, that, that have just skipped to just write this bit here, is that there's nothing pushed or pressured on the show. It's just three gory lads having a chat, and I think that's what we all love. Because who knows when the next time we can actually sit in a pub and listen to this again. So guys, if you're looking for some pub talk and lad chat and things like that, tune in every Tuesday. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, look, I was either this or the seminary. (laughs) I, I have my game. Oh, I have my game. It's the first. Yeah, so because Connor is such a loyal fan and such a, such a just a I, I must brilliant gory man. like one coming first. The group chat has never been as lit before uh, organizing the podcast. No. Normally it's just Michael yeah. say hello this time. Here we go. Thank you very much. <laughs> but there was all sorts of talk about things we can't really talk about. There was even a gif. There was a gif. There was a gif. A gif or two. Yeah, there was a few shapes thrown. All right. And I have to say, I think it's the first WhatsApp group I've been in where I haven't actually reluctantly opened up a message because there was no dirty videos <laughs> no there was no muck there was no mucky videos at all in it That's which cool. was fantastic our mothers would be proud of that yeah, yeah. shout out yeah. to Regent Circa well look the whatsapp yeah. is group is still there Connor. you never know <laughs> it's my favourite <laughs> it's my favourite yeah shout out to your brother of course who was a loyal listener oh. as well Dahi Dahi and Paul Dahi and, and Paul yeah. and Sal yeah. yeah thank you very much Sal for listening. listens Sarah Sarah listens yeah of course she does oh yeah absolutely big fan <laughs> <laughs> big big fan and more of course well, happy anniversary Mora fair play yeah what was the show like oh deadly we actually weren't expecting to be put up in the bridal suite again because you know they bring you back and they're like oh there's a dinner here for you and you can stay overnight we're like oh great that's that's really sound like so um, we went to check in and your one says oh my god can't believe it's been a year and I I think there's an asterisk beside people who get married and then a year later that they actually have so that 
whenever you're checking in for breakfast or like you know the following morning like guys it's been a year it's like hmm everyone's just really good at remembering my face or or or, or, or there's just a little red pen saying be nice be really nice but yeah they were brilliant and we got to say in the bridal suite again which was much better because being getting married last year being in it you just go up you drop off your bags yeah you don't get back to your room for about half five you're up again you're on you're on for day two you definitely need a night's sleep so then you want you don't get to see so this was like the first time that we actually got to like sit in all the chairs open all the windows <laughs> you know let the jacuzzi bath fill up for three three hours three hours that took and i had a tv and a dvd player and the whole lot yeah oh really we're going to get Spitted's sponsorship and Ashton Park Hotel sponsorship now after that. Uh, Absolutely. Fair promo. <laughs> yeah. So this, uh, did it take long to compile this game? No, it took me five no. minutes. I just went with my gut on yeah. it, like, you know, just went with the real gory gut. And you were really taken with this, uh, with uh, Mark's game, Septic or Savage? Loved it. Yeah. yeah. I haven't heard Septic in so long. I, yeah, it's, yeah. It's brilliant, like because back in the day, oh, don't be so septic. Well, I just loved how how people actually held on to to like the S, and they used to go, "Don't be so septic." Whereas Ooh. for me, it happens naturally for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't be so septic. Come on, Connor, get it out. Septic. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're very welcome to another week of Septic or Savage. Woo. Now, Michael, work on your tone. Um, <laughs> right. Birthday Badens. Birthday Badens. Uh, mm, we had a holly bush in primary school and you got thrown in the holly bush. <laughs> oh. uh, and this no, goes septic. for either. This goes give on the yeah, to give or take, yeah. Give or take. Definitely if you're taking it septic. Uh on the other hand, pro- I'd probably go septic too. Really? Mm, yeah, now I back think then a savage quality. Is there? Like, you know, you're all gathered <laughs> in close. It's your birthday, the one day of the year when you're yeah. together. You, you know, there's a close the out of them. <laughs> <laughs> there's a closeness through the violence that I like. And ah, I want to be pro yeah. violence. So. Yeah, if you didn't get one and everyone else was getting one, yeah. then you'd be like, Here lads. Your, your old one's fat. <laughs> they all jump on you. Uh, kick the bottle. Oh, oh savage. Brilliant. Septic. Petrified. Petrified. I actually think kick the bottle actually triggered my stammer. <laughs> I think that's what it is. They were a bit like landmines, weren't they? If you accidentally stepped on one, you were yeah. fucked. Actually. Yeah. I'll never forget the day who... Um, it was... Stella Kyo, she came down through the corridor and she just hit one kick and it turned to all the lads, well, let's go. <laughs> well. <laughs> well. Um, she was one incredible lady, wasn't she? Brilliant. Mm, tough yeah. lady. You could hear her coming a mile away with those heels. Gum, 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 gum. Kyo was on her way. <laughs> um, Mr. Sweetman's do not evacuate announcement. Oh. I don't really. We were first year with yeah. Sweetman. Mr. Finns, then. Mr. Finns, do not evacuate. When was there doing You know when the fire alarm would go off and it'd say, oh, do right. not evacuate? You'd all, yeah, no, that's septic because you think you're going to leave. And, and then you hear him come on and say, you don't get to go anywhere. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say septic, but for a different reason because there were so many other memorable announcements with Mr. Finn. Um, like, do you remember a small minority of students? Oh. And then our. I think that Did he say that? <laughs> Bags. Have we used that? Actually, maybe not. <laughs> I, maybe we could use this, but there was one particular announcement that he was going on about 
a fight that was being organized up the back of lunch.com mm. I, it's probably called something very new to you now no lunch lane lunch lane that's what yeah, Matthew that's was what still called that yeah. and he and as he kind of gave his um his opinion on what was going on and he was making sure that he's going to stop it and things like this he got gradually angrier and angrier <laughs> and louder and louder and then he was like and there's only my there's only a minority of students who are doing this and it's not good for the school it's not good for image da, da, da. and then it just stopped and then it stopped for about five seconds and then he comes back in and there will be a blueberry sale on <laughs> in, the, in the senior canteen at half ten thank you <laughs> it was oh, epic it was class yeah presumably those announcements were great um you know, litter duty that was an old curveball oh, yeah. going out for a walk it's yeah. bad we hated walking home but we didn't mind walking around we didn't mind doing 28 laps of it at school <laughs> picking up potato bags yeah you get to look in the windows outside area one one yeah one, yeah, yeah and area in the quad then you look in the windows <laughs> yeah I love that Um, the quote on Instagram living my best life Bollocks. Septic. No. <laughs> that wasn't even that's a third option. <laughs> right. Twelve pubs. I've never done it. So I'd have to have say septic. Not? Yeah, I know. That is shocking, isn't it? it I've is. ne- never done twelve pubs. Yeah. And I Just, don't drink, so uh yeah, I'm no crack, so I don't know. Don't uh, worry. Mark is no crack either. No, that's true. <laughs> never done twelve pubs. No. Twelve pubs of drums. <laughs> oh savage. Good. Oh, oh savage, 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 savage. <laughs> the canteen sausage rolls junior definitely savage I never got the senior ones no mm. were they the same so you no. only went to like oh you were yeah I didn't that. venture outside the, the junior same. canteen yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like Why me would... being a couple uh, me being a senior during your time like for senior canteen we mm. I don't think any of us kind of adhere to only going down to that canteen no way no. yeah if it's not broke, don't fix it. Oh, care. yeah, no, I know. Same, yeah. yeah. I just <laughs> alter this as well. Like those sausage in a roll, that nonsense. Do you remember those ones? It was like yeah. a little yeah. bread roll and a slice down the middle and a little sausage in it. They were shit. Oh, yeah, it was like oh, a, yeah. it was 98% bread and yes. 2%, 2% sausage. <laughs> sausage, yeah. Yeah, and that sausage is probably half a percent meat. Mm. Yeah, it was shocking. Yeah, You'd, you would look down on a lad if you walked over to the bench with one of them. <laughs> and not a normal sausage roll you kind of have to hand it to Mark though who actually <laughs> yeah. ran the canteen mm. yes like he he had to deal with probably the biggest assholes every day oh yeah lads robbing shit oh really oh, oh, yeah. lads rob stuff from there like yeah, yeah. small confined space yeah. that's where you learn a trade but isn't always it? smiled always smiled always yeah. said hello thank yeah. you how are you yeah. and I'm kind of going Mark there's 110 students by me and he'd fly he'd fly through every one yeah. of them no yeah. one ever said Oh, that lad in the canteen is so rude. Yeah. No one has ever said that for what fifteen years, twenty years that that he's actually been there. Yeah, yeah definitely the toughest job in Gory. That's like <laughs> yeah. He actually has a tougher job than Mister Finn. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> the laughs are getting dirtier now. Like, uh, ground hurling blitzes. Septic. Ah, oh, savage. Ah, oh, that's because yes, you're coaching yes, him. Old style. Yes. No. no bit yeah. of, <laughs> bit of tomfoolery. Yeah. Or, you know, if you had a game and the first half was ground hurling only, mm. that was where, like... Um, the record league. Yeah. You used to bring that yeah, in. That was where the poorer hurler could survive. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was made for this. Yeah. Lake and lads. Swinging around like a helicopter. But, yeah. Hello, Dyer. <laughs> <laughs> but whenever, whenever the ref then used to, like, blow... 
blow the whistle and say you can lift now well the slaps that were given <laughs> <laughs> just because you can lift the ball now doesn't mean that, that uh, you can swing more wildly like <laughs> it definitely did yeah <laughs> or then or then you just hear from like the distance a l- lovely voice of of uh, Mickey Shields just saying for God's sake just pull on it because <laughs> the lads would take about 48 tries to try and pick it up <laughs> no I can do it I can do it I can do it I am betting me back I remember actually there was a record league game and John Uli was reffing it and Cottle Dunbar was pleading for a free John Uli goes to him I'll give it to you later and he ran off <laughs> I love that <laughs> oh brilliant um, internal suspension Ooh. Uh, ooh. Michael was never in suspension. Actually, he was for yeah. different reasons. <laughs> Drop that mic. <laughs> <Tyler>. <laughs> Drop it. <laughs> yeah, it was savage. For what though? What was Michael Dwyer put into the game? <sighs> See, we've discussed a lot of things on this podcast, and I feel as if I'm going to have to come up with a political statement to weave myself out of this one. Let me think. Um, uh, artistic disagreement with God. With oh, a teacher. Okay. Right. <laughs> That teaches what? Like, what age? Where are they from? What they drive? <laughs> You're good at this. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> <Who is> man. <laughs> I don't remember this story. Why were you in internal? No, I can't, I can't open these wounds. Was it um, a misbehaviour? Was it a code of conduct? Or was it no, a dress it code? A, it was a clash of... Uh, fashion sense? No, you well, let's your go scarf? with fashion <laughs> Sense. <laughs> Michael wore the skirt one day and he again? was very progressive again yeah, again <laughs> um, this is not the first time though that you had an artistic disagreement yeah he's a great memory <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. do you remember when you went deep into my dark past as well oh on the podcast yeah with, your, uh, with, yeah, the, with the peace, peace lady, lady. Yeah, yeah. yeah you disrupted the peace yeah peace lady <laughs> Nobel up. yeah she yeah. won or she won or was it oh sure she was high achieving with the UN and all yeah, yeah. you had to go at her <laughs> brilliant <laughs> brilliant <laughs> my god um, <laughs> during these unprecedented times Dublin people in Gory we get into this a lot now in this podcast yeah. especially the past couple of weeks mm-hmm. I say septic because of the driving Right. My life is in danger. Now, you you live in town, so you probably don't deal with it as much, I'd imagine. But you do spend probably. a good bit of time out in, by the seaside. Yeah, the driving doesn't, if you're... Uh, look, uh, Ash and Keane, I'm sure, would have a view on this, but uh, on the driving aspect. But no, I'm, I'm, with the, I'm with the dubs. I'm going with Savage, Savage. because we need them down here. Yeah. We need them down here, folks. Yeah, yeah. I can... Keep our town packed with people, as if it wasn't bypass. Bring back the day. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> Only joking. But, <laughs> like, in terms of COVID-19... Uh, septic James has that but for economy savage yeah 100% it's what makes Gory as well you it, know the fact it that does, it welcomes everyone it's a heroine town yeah. like at the end of the day so I think we just have to kind of <laughs> suck it up oh Marcus oh no no you just said the heroine I just said that when they bring Sorry. so much to the town <laughs> oh, 2 on a Stevens night septic septic yeah never a fan the cost or the crowd? Both. Both. You can't move. Covered in sweat. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Covered in sweat. And you know money. Then you go to the bar and you get three drinks. And you have to drink them to hydrate yourself with alcohol, which <laughs> is just a bad idea in the first place because yeah. you get more dehydrated. And then you just... It's all it's all a mess. It's all a mess. You swear they didn't have a tap full of water. Yeah. They always drink with you, Mark. They always drink with you. What do you say? Yeah. 
to that one. Septic, and I have yeah. done since, like, well, up until I was 21, 22. Savage. But mm. I just kind of thought, what is the point in going up and queuing? Like, what time do people go out at? Say half nine. Mm-hmm. You've got two and a half. You've got four and a half hours out. Mm. Right? So you walk up the street, you smoke your three or four fags, you jump into a, a, a queue, you end up smoking six fags. That goes <laughs> to show you. I, I actually don't know how long I, I stand there for, but I'm standing there for the length of six <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> Only three more to go now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, uh, oh yeah. The speed ramp at the complex gory. Oh! <laughs> I tell you, this fucking speed ramp. <laughs> the amount of times I burst the bottom of my car off the floor, or what's that under? Yeah, no, it's very, it's um harsh. That's so harsh. Yeah, very harsh, and it's right beside. That's where the driving. It's very intrusive, is. isn't it? Yeah, it is. It doesn't. Yeah, it's like as if the ramp actually gets up off the road and gets into the car, hits you a little, <laughs> a little thump, and just gets back out again. That's how invasive it is. Like you just you're going over, but like there's. Like, did you ever travel with someone who doesn't travel up that road often? Mm, yeah, and oh they hit it. Oh my God. Yeah. Unreal. Actually, shout out to Podge. Podge, <laughs> the wire is a legend. Whenever the car park is empty, yeah. it doesn't go near that ramp. It just goes in. Uh, yeah. Into Nevada and back out I'm again. not surprised because I actually do the same. When I'm leaving the <coughs> complex, I actually avoid the ramp. So while I wouldn't be anything to do with Nevada within probably, I'd say, a 450 meter radius, normally it's savage. I'm afraid I'm have to go on with septic with this. Yeah, one. yeah I'm siding with you. I'm too. Yeah, yeah, septic. <laughs> but for the safety of the children, guys, it is savage, of course. <laughs> yeah, savage. Yeah. Safety. You know how to roll, Connor. S- yeah, that's it. <laughs> Absolute spray. I am talking right now. Um, Castletown. Savage. <laughs> it's been great for us. It get, it's given me or it's given my father a job for seventeen years. So yeah, I can say savage, Michael. It's totally up to you. I'm gonna have look. It's giving us some great people. Um, they have great coffee out there at the some, moment. He said some, some great people, <laughs> some yeah. great people. The can of worms is everywhere. Next question: Who Next is question. not great okay. people from Castletown? <laughs> Savage, yeah, go on, go. On. <laughs> to keep the peace now after last week at a junior B match, yeah, he's obliged. Yeah. <laughs> Put the hurl away now. No, no. <laughs> French's yard. Oh, savage. savage. Savage, definitely. There's no yeah. discussion on that. No, no. The French in general. The French. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with savage because I haven't been wronged by many. Oh, yourself, Mark? In general, savage, but there is one or two bad eggs there. Oh. Thierry Henry. Very small minority. <laughs> um, Teething hand. Th- yeah. that, that hand. Who else is French? Emmanuel <laughs> um, Macron, the president. I don't know. Who, is anyone else from France other than Thierry Henry? Uh, Patrick Vieira is savage. Instagram. Big Patrick Vieira fan. Well, he's not even from France. I think he just spoke Sylvain, French. He's from Senegal. Sylvain, Will, uh, Sylvain Wiltord. Uh, yeah, no. God, I really am pulling out the 99 <laughs> sticker book. Uh, uh, the Friday Night of the Gory Market House Festival. Ah, <laughs> oh, savage. That is brilliant. Savage, savage yeah. yeah. If yeah. anyone could see Mark's face. Uh, <laughs> The shine of a grin uh, Beat on the street as well Beat on the street I think the DJ Who plays for Beat Should just be on For the whole night Mm. Yeah Now I'm not They have some great DJs Brilliant Uh, Chris Ward Yeah But like he puts Like you know All those 90s tunes Like S Club 7 Into a dance remix It's like Like he starts to go Oh here we go It's kind of good In a It is good in a way Because the young ones Don't remember S Club 
seven and things like that like Mark um, whoa but, I was uh, at a concert and I got a foam finger I don't oh. remember it now yeah but well, probably four or that but oh, right. I remember uh, Reach for the Stars Reach. that was a feature in my car back in the Renault McGann days was, actually, actually, yeah. Reach for the Stars Windows Down Windows Down uh, Holding Hands yeah that was great nice me and Michael yeah yeah we I love this don't let me ever. stop you there Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should <laughs> well the Magic Hill did you ever go there the Magic Hill oh no. yeah the Magic Hill yeah. what's the Magic Hill I actually never know how to get there it's a hill where you go, you drive down to the bottom oh, yeah. of it and you let the handbrake up and you go back up the hill it's on fire head isn't it is it <laughs> well, oh there's something like that alright yeah but there's their own Magic Hill it's not far from uh, Cool Grainy yeah, uh, we might bring you out there sometime. Of area, but yeah. anyway, just to like that's we went on regular drives together, and these chats were just the norm. And now we have put it in a podcast. You yeah, know? actually, that's how the podcast started. Yeah. Oh, I have uh, one more. Mm. I'm looking forward to it. Mark Halpin's profile picture. The one of you driving. Oh yeah, very nice smile on my face. Let's I just like say. That. The ladies have it all, all in one photo. We've got the flex of the arm. Oh. We've got the tattoos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just kind of seen it and I thought, this lad's going to be brilliant crack. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to hate this at the end. I do hate this. <laughs> uh, I love it. Was that back in your Renault McGann days? No, that was in the Gulf. That was in the Gulf. It's outside, that's I right. think. It's, yeah. it's good to know that's a more recent photo. That's yeah. Right. It's more recent. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, keep an eye out. <laughs> yeah. Do. That was a savage game. That was class. Yeah. yeah. That was very That brought good. us back. That brought us everywhere. Yeah. Well I just done. did it in five minutes and after that I just could not think of any more at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's how creativity works. That's yeah. it. That's well it. For that. okay. Connor, you have got a horoscope. What uh, star sign are you? Uh, Taurus. Oh, good, good, good. Bang, bang. The music is booming. You're a dreamer. Make the most of this Mercury retrograde affecting your output right now. Let the sound of your work reverberate all around you. Venus's move into Saturn may bring fear into your life. Strip it away and release your funky vibes. See, if I got that as a phone call, I'd just hang off straight away. <laughs> like, you have won two tickets to the... But that is great to know, Michael. Thank you very much. Now, Connor, for the best 30 seconds of your life, we're going to give you a topic and we would like you to give as many items related to this certain topic as you can within 30 seconds. And then you'll go on our scoreboard. So, Connor, your chosen topic is types of drum. Two, one, and go. Uh, snare drum, bass drum, darabuka, djembe, bowron, talking drum, uh, conga, cajon, um, gong, splash, crash, thrash, ride, cymbal, china crash, um, floor tom, rack tom, uh, roto toms, quad drums, Tenor drums. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. We'll have to double check this, but I think you've topped the leaderboard with 19. Woo! Incredible. Clinched it after last Incredible. Yes. Cormac Blue Zone Fitness, I bet you he is just getting sick, I'd say, everywhere out in Cranford now. <laughs> I would. Yeah. <laughs> I would get sick. And let him. Yeah. <laughs> 19 in 30 seconds. That's a hard score to beat, and I'm glad yeah. that one of our most loyal fans has got it. Conor Moore, you're a genie. I deserve and it. Yeah. I deserve yeah. every bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> and next week's topic is going to be types of djembe drums. <laughs> Any reflections on your paper chooses experience or anything? Um, no, other than it's good to chat. It's just really good to chat. 
Yeah, that's all. That's good to. Uh, it's great. It's great to be asked. Um, why I don't know, but it's nice to have people to have some sort of a interest in. Uh, some parts of your life with music and stuff, and but not only about the music, but just just as a townie. Because we have a lot to say. Yeah, but you're one talented Tony, I tell you that for nothing. Thank you. you know? You're all right. <laughs> Easy on the talented part. <laughs> Thanks, Connor. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, Connor. Deadly.